All right, Riley, you're back from your massive adventure for a little bit of a pre-show chat. This, this is my favourite time of the week as I get to, uh, you know, chat to everyone on the panel. But, you know, mate, it, it, talk to me about it. You know, you went over, you represented your country, you represented Australia. Um, you know, talk us through everything, my friend. I've got so many questions for you. But, uh, yeah, to, what, 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 what was the whole experience like? It was, uh, it was pretty special for us back here in Australia trying to all follow along. It was actually so surreal, like, to actually be there. Um, a lot of people have, like, know, known that I've been through a few injuries, a big knee um, surgery that took me out uh, at the last one, so five years ago. Um, so to actually be there after going through all that was um, a bit daunting. Um, my, one of my coaches actually made me cry. Um, just telling me how proud he was because he's been with me since day one. Um, and, like, getting that jersey, um, like, they did, like, a presentation night and actually being handed the jersey and, you know, knowing that you're actually playing for your country and representing it, like, it was, like, a bit starstruck kind of thing, like, for yourself. It's 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 hard to explain for me anyway. You know, it was, um, you know, I played little bit of league you know not 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 your sport but I retired young you know I retired at 30 and um it was such a difficult decision because you know in 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 this um in this uh sort of tournament league that I play in like I kind of you know able to do the same like represent Australia had a world cup coming up in the UK at the end of the year and you know you know retiring and stepping away was such a difficult decision and I saw that team list come out the other day and I just you know, I, I I haven't missed playing sport until I see that list. I mean, for you to go over there, I mean, you would have had your doubts. But, you know, as soon as you get over there, Riley, the competitive juices must have started to flow. Because, like, talk to us about the tournament itself. I mean, you know, you look at you look at a lot of these leagues and it's, you know, you play a game, you know, four weeks rest, recovery. But, you know, just your schedule, it was absolutely brutal. The training that was in between... I saw some of the pictures on social media of a few of the players trying to get through it. Talk to us about that side of it because, yeah, it was it was it was brutal. Yeah, it was um, it was really grueling. So we had a, a mini camp in Sydney where we trained for five hours a day over two sessions um, for four days straight, uh, just installing, getting to work with uh, new players that because we came from all over the country, so be playing with girls you've never even met before um so just gelling with them and then a lot of us haven't played for ages so uh like Queensland we had a uh 11 aside series back in 2020 um so when I broke my arm so I only played two games then um and a lot of girls haven't played since 2019 so to be on the field again just in general was like it was crazy um, Did you and to be playing 11 aside, which we don't get to do a lot of here either, was another real challenge, but so much so much fun when you're playing against, like, the best of the best. We need to get some, like, movie producers around this because you're exactly right. I mean, the adversity that you individually went through, the team went through, you know, the pandemic and what all of that meant, it just meant that, to be honest, you were fed to the wolves. I mean, you know, some of the teams and the players and the stars and the level of the competition, you know, but you guys went over there and you kicked ass, you know what I mean? Like a couple of results didn't go your way. We'll get to the history-making moment shortly, but, Christ, you must be so proud of 
yourself, your teammates, what you guys achieve because I don't know, there, there would have been very few people that could have gone over there and, and, and did what you guys did. It was, it was special. Yeah, even just like the sim, like the little thing, like the COVID pushback, obviously, because it was supposed to be last year, um, pushed it out to this year, and even the the travel. So it was thirty six ish hours traveling from Sydney to Helsinki. Um, a lot of girls, obviously, there's a few European teams and American teams, so they didn't have such a big flight path. So we we were traveling for almost two days before we even got there. So that in itself was something challenging um, that we had to deal with. But then also knowing that, like, Team America, they're the powerhouse. They've got three really developed leagues over there that haven't stopped at all. Um, Canada is similar. They're always competitive. And to have Canada first up was, you know, it was always going to be a hard game. Um, and we gave them a really good run for their money. but. Yeah, it was look. It's it was just you know absolutely incredible. But you know, and and then obviously you guys get the win in that last game, making history. How did that feel to get the dub? You've never seen somebody so excited to come seventh. Then <laughs> our entire team, like that was so incredible. Like it was like a low scoring game. Obviously, it was seven nil at the end of it, but. Um, yeah, to, to, to grind out, like, you know, it's into the fourth quarter and, you know, we had some opportunities and it just didn't go our way. Like I had a bad, bad fumble that gave the Swedes the ball and then our defence just stopped them pretty much straight away, pouring out. Like it was just like everybody just knew that, like, this was it and it was like bodies on the line. Everybody, you know, we're just coming off, yeah, three games in eight days, um, which some girls haven't done. I was, I'm going to say, lucky enough to do something similar in 2018 where we played state in Perth and we played four games in eight days. So, (laughs) yeah, usually you have that week or five days off, but it was literally train for a couple of days, play, recovery was... I, I, I did something similar in a tournament. We played our little test series, three, three tests in five days, and my quad stopped firing in the decider. Like, I was an absolute mess. But, no, look, it's absolutely and, – and, and all I can think about is that victory. Maybe it's the difference in a handful of young players deciding to stick with the sport, you know, to sign up. And, you know, I really feel like it, it's the start of a legacy. You know, what you guys did was, was something pretty special and um, – you know, there's a lot of political BS that goes on behind the scenes. There's a lot of things that really need to happen to, you know, to make it the the sport that we want that we want it to be in Australia. But my friend, you're a big part of it. It's incredible. And I, you know, just quickly, I have to ask: like, was there moments where you thought about retiring? You thought about giving it away? Like, nah, nah. I, I like, like we say, like FOMO. Like, as soon as you know the season's out or you see other people playing, like. Even just going to like scheduled state-based trainings, like yeah. and being amongst the people who also love the sport as much. Like as soon as you're in that environment again, you kind of realize and remember like why you play. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what COVID did. Like it stopped a lot of us being able to do that. And then to have it back, it kind of like brings it back like full circle. And it has it has really helped um, the league itself. We've had 
you know, the most inquiries ever for women to join. Um, I'm sure it probably helped other, like, the kids and, and men as well who might not have heard about it, but I know that it has dramatically, like, improved in that, um, which is great because obviously we all want the sport to grow here. Yeah, that's right. And what, what is it, four years there'll be another one? Uh, three. Three, yeah, exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Like three years, so, get, you know, get in the, get in the system. And, uh, well, there we go. Uh, our our little, not-so-little star uh, here on the Mojo Sports Podcast, the NFL show. Mate, you know your shit. You're an absolute, uh, you're an absolute, absolute specimen out there on the football field. And uh, let's do what we do best, talk some footy, and let's dive into the show. Whatever it is you want to do in life, you'll be able to do. It's always you versus you. That it doesn't matter how old you are, how young you are, you can achieve anything that you say your mind to spend the rest of your natural life waking up and going after it this is my purpose and you will not stop me you are listening to mojo sports yeah hello and welcome to the mojo sports podcast nfl show uh season two episode 36 my name is dean frost filling in for alex and the uh the voice that you heard was none other than riley Hodgson, our absolute superstar Australian representative who just came back from Finland. Um, Riley, don't even want to talk to you about the uh, some of the jet lag. I'm sure you're uh, you're still seeing double over there. But uh, let's talk some NFL. Uh, the football is finally here. We're diving into some preseason. But before we get too carried away, let's talk about a couple of teams and dive into the huddle. Leave no regrets out there. That is what a real champion is made of. And for the Philadelphia Eagles... The long drought is over. How about those trees? A touchdown and a title for the Patriots. I can't believe it. They have completed the greatest comeback in Super Bowl history. Those will be the best memories. Well, Riley, we got a few troops down tonight, but that's all right. Me and you get to go rogue, and we get to uh, talk all things footy. So, uh, you know, this is uh, this is this is great fun for us. Now, our first team that we'll be featuring is the San Francisco 40, 49ers, who finished ten and seven uh, last year. And uh, again, you know, a little bit of drama, a little bit of news in and around this franchise. Um, Riley, let's start with the quarterback. Battle, position, situation, however you want to frame it. Talk to me about Trey Lance and the Q back, uh, the QB situation there in San Fran. I, like, I'm not surprised. Um, I mean, obviously when you draft the quarterback as high as they did, you expect him to eventually start. Um, I think it was the, the lack of hype. Um, you know, it was all the Jimmy G train and then all of a sudden – he's requesting a trade or can seek a trade and Trey Lance is in. Um, you know, I'm interested to see. I haven't rated either of them much. I don't – I have a lot of Niners friends, so for me, I love to not like them. Um, it's fun to give them banter and it's the best when they lose. So for me, I'm kind of hoping it falls flat. <laughs> Riley, um, <laughs> I, I, I'm just – the Trey Lance situation, it's terrifying for a 49ers fan because, you know, you, you know you can obviously pull apart Jimmy G's game and, you know, he's, he's an average quarterback, but, you know, it's, it, take it from, you know, quite a few fans in, in the league at the moment. Sometimes average is not such a bad thing, especially when you've got the rest of the roster that can certainly elevate and you've got the coaching. But, you know, the 49ers, I think, were just honest with themselves and said – 
they admitted defeat and said, we cannot win a Super Bowl with Jimmy G. We just cannot do it, regardless of which way we move. We've got to take a big risk. But, you know, when it comes to Trey, it's just really interesting. The guy just hasn't played enough football, uh, and there's just so many question marks around him. Is he Jordan Love? You know, is he is he more Patrick Mahomes? You know, it's, it's going to be really interesting to see, but he just hasn't played enough football and just the timing of it. And then Riley... As you sort of touched on a little bit, there is just so much on the line. I mean, just for a moment, think about if this fails. If they trade away Jimmy and Trey doesn't work out for whatever reason, I mean, you have mortgaged your future on this quarterback. So anyway, let's hope that uh, Trey's doing his homework. Look, he has looked athletic. Um, there's no doubt about that. He's He's got all of the physical attributes in the world. But hey, we've seen some very physical quarterbacks in the league previously who haven't exactly worked out. But that's going to be the big question. Trey Lance, you know, how is he going to settle in um, to the 49ers? Uh, Riley, let's talk about the rest of the offense. Um, I know there's a few names that are standing out to me. Again, and again, a couple of other storylines throughout the offseason. Um, but I'll, I'll let you take the mic. A couple other plays on offense that sort of, you know, catch your eye heading into the season. Yeah, look, obviously Kittle um, and Debo are, you know, the powerhouses of the Niners. You know, Kittle's yak is incredible. He's, I think it's it, him and Kelsey um, Walker, they've really, like, reshaped the tight end position, especially after Jimmy Graham was such a big influence at the Saints for so long. They've come in and kind of, you know, they're a bit leaner, they're quicker, They've got hands. Kelsey obviously can throw as well. But then you've got Kittle and then you've got Debo there. Debo can do everything. He's like a Swiss Army knife. And that it just goes to show how much they actually respect him because of the contract they just gave him. You know, it's huge guaranteed money, but then there's also incentives. You know, it's for him to, to rush and, and for him to get, you know, different types of yardage across. I think it's something like, like 300 grand or something additional or 600 grand if he gets like 300 rushing yards and he gets like 150 grand more just for getting three rushing touchdowns. So, you know, they can, they can utilize him in so many different ways. And then you've got Trent Williams, um, you know, on at guard who will come in and literally pile drive somebody out of the way for Debo. It, it, it does make sense. Like you're right. Like they were a quarterback away. You know, you, you even you look at the at the the running back situation, and you know, obviously, you know, De- Debo. He, you know, he's done a little bit of rushing. He's done a little bit of receiving. There's been a lot of commentary around that. But Elijah Mitchell, who obviously came in as a late round pick, he's really hit the ground running last year and seems to be a big part of that. You've spoken about your receivers there. I was waiting for Debo to get Jimmy G's money. I thought that's what they were waiting to do, cut Jimmy, get the money. But, you know, they've sort of been um, dragging the chain a little bit, waiting for a camp injury so they can maximize some draft picks because they spent so much on Trey Lance. But anyway, um, they paid him, and then you're right. That offense is stacked. The line, you know, one of the best in the league, you know, even the fullback position, you know what I mean? Like this is an offense that's ready to go. Trey Lance, mate, you need to deliver. This is this is all on you. All right, and then well, they've got the D. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let, let's let's talk <laughs> about that now. Let's talk about the defensive side because you know I'm seeing an offense that is a quarterback away. Talk to me about their defense. What are you seeing from the 49ers on that side of the ball? I mean, 
Bosa has been, you know, uh, like he's he, he's the baby brother, but he has had just as big of an impact. Um, and then you've got you've got Warner, who Fred Warner, who's also a beast. Um, you know, he's going to complement. They're both going to complement each other, kind of thing. You got Jimmy Ward in the secondary, like. They should be able to pressure every offense that they come up against to make every game competitive. So I don't see, I don't see them ever getting blown out. Um, but so I think it's going to end up being one of those: can the offense keep up with their counterparts, um, as opposed to these really small kind of games where you're only scoring like ten or fourteen points, kind of thing, like. If if they can't hold them out, I don't see them go, going that far. Um, yeah, it's it's, it's going to be interesting. I mean, one of the things that's caught my eye with the 49ers is coaching. You know, this isn't fantasy football. You can't just go out and pick all the best players, you know what I mean? The 49ers, um, the Shanahan's, they, they've had to coach. And, you know, I, I feel like there's just a lot of unknown players that may not have even made a roster that – you know, a year or two in the 49ers system and they are starting to flash. So, you know, there's a couple of high-paid players who we know will go out and produce, but, you know, some of their more unheralded players I think are going to be um, producing. But you're right, Nick Bosa, I don't get too caught up in the camp stories, but they're saying this is the best camp that he's ever produced. That's pretty scary. He's been absolutely terrifying, destroying people um, during camp. So he's absolutely ready to go. And, you know, you just think about some of the basics in terms of him setting a little bit of an example there, setting the pace. So um, that puts him in a really good position. All right, Riley, no sitting sitting on the fence when it comes to the record. You know, we've really got to dive in and try and come up with um, come up with a prediction here. Where, where do you see the 49ers land, given this X-factor situation at quarterback? This is actually really easy for me. Um, I had a look at their schedule and I think it's pretty hard, to be honest. Um, obviously, being the NFC West, they're going to have, uh, what well, I think anyway, a lot of trouble every year. Um, the Rams, obviously, are only going to get better um, the more they play together. The Cardinals, if Kyler Murray comes out and does what he's supposed to do, um, with the money that he just got, then he, I reckon the cards would be a really big force um, in here. And then we don't know what the Seahawks are going to do because of their whole quarterback situation and everything like that. But they still have lots of weapons on offense. So I think their games can go either 50-50, um, but I have them going 8-9. and nine. Wow, okay. Yeah, excellent. Look, I... Oh, look, my prediction is I, I feel like they're, they're a team that may struggle at, at the front of their schedule with this young quarterback in Trey. I feel like we'll start to see the best of him towards the back end of the season, but you're right. It's a pretty brutal um, division that they that they kind of sit in. Um, look, I'm going to be kind and say 10 wins, but I feel like this is going to be a very um, up-and-down uh, yeah, up and down season from the 49ers. I think there's going to be weeks where they absolutely put teams to the sword. Debo Samuel, Elijah Mitchell, Trey Lance throws for three touchdowns and everything looks great. But, you know, th- this is going to be the ups and downs of having a rookie quarterback. And, you know, that sort of consistent, steady performances that you've seen from the 49ers in recent times under Jimmy, it's going to be a whole different experience, I think, under Trey. But anyway, um, he's definitely got the high ceiling there. So, you know, let's see if they can somehow sneak into the playoffs and, you know, just be one of those difficult teams that uh, may cause a few problems. 
All right, mate. Well, let's dive over to the next team uh, to feature in the huddle, and that is the Kansas City Chiefs. Riley, uh, pretty decent football team, this one. Um, you know, I have to be honest, uh, it's a team that I kind of have envied. You know, uh-huh. m- imagine being uh, imagine being a fan who gets to just sit back and watch Patrick Mahomes play quarterback. Um, but, you know, with some of these teams, you start to see some salary cap um, things start to bite some of the best teams in the competition. We've finally seen it happen for the Chiefs. Talk to us about the offseason that's uh, occurred there in Kansas City. Yeah, well, obviously the big talking point was um, Tariq Hill going to the Dolphins. Um, you know, he was such a freak um, to go with their freak of a quarterback. You know, he just, he just, the, the, he's named the cheater for a reason. He just doesn't slow down and he is like the quickest ever. And maybe not statistically, but he damn well looks like it on the field. And, I think for the Chiefs to lose him, it's going to be interesting because Mahomes had this way of manipulating the pocket. You know, he'd come out, he'd roll out, and, you know, he'd see Tyreek Hill on the complete opposite side of the field knowing that he needed to throw it on the other side of the field. You know, just... and Riley, I want to dive into your your knowledge and your expertise on this because... Like I, I think it. I think this is massive losing Tyreek Hill because I just feel like, you know, obviously we know that Mahomes' mechanics can get a little bit sloppy. He can sort of dance and move around in the pocket, and you know, within reason, you know, he can pretty much get it into a you know, a rough area, and Tyreek's going to make a play. He's going to have to be a lot more polished, a lot more traditional in the way in which he plays, just because of the. You know, not 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 so much. Um, you know, I, I guess what I'm trying to say is the restrictions of the wide receivers that were brought in. You know, you look at Juju, you look at um, MVS, you look at McCall Hardman, who sort of struggled a little bit. Are we going to see? Are, are you going to be able to see a difference in Mahomes this year? I think, like I think we will. Um, you know, depending on how their line holds up, it'd be nice to see him. You know, hang in the pocket a little bit more, and I think he will have to. Um, you know, when a quarterback and wide receiver have that connection, it's literally like a sixth sense. Like you just, they just know where each other is or they know that, you know, you point one way and it means a certain thing. And to lose Hill, um, somebody who you literally see him pointing certain ways or he'll be running one way, pointing the other way. And, and, you know, they just knew what to do, Mm. um, to bring in, you know, they got, um, Valdez Scanling from Green Bay. Um, who was never a top target, you know, every now and again he'd get like six receptions for 300 yards and five touchdowns. But every other game he was one reception of four targets. That's or, like, I can't see a wide receiver one in this group. Like I, I, look, I have faith in Andy Reid. I have faith in Patrick Mahomes. Both of them have, uh, are pretty talented. I, I guess we've got to try and predict that one of these receivers is really going to step up and be a – uh, be a wide receiver one. Who do you think it is? I mean, I'm going to quickly jump in and say the rookie. I think Sky Moore might actually surprise a few people and be one of the more productive receivers amongst that group. But, yeah, who, who are you thinking? Maybe Juju? I mean, there's got to be one player that really steps yeah. up. Who do you think it's going to be? It'll be interesting. Like, I think this is where Juju can prove his worth. Um, yeah. You know, everyone said when AB left the Steelers, this was Juju's team and, you know, it kind of flops. Like, he... He couldn't be a wide receiver one, like when he had the double coverage, when he had the pressure on him, whatever it was, he just didn't 
excel the way that he did when AB was on the field. Just declined so, so rapidly, didn't he? Yeah. But, you know, being on this kind of offense where you do still have Travis Kelsey, um, you do still have McCall Hardman, so they're veterans of the team, that it might take the pressure off him a little bit, you know, to just play football. Um so I, I wouldn't mind seeing Juju actually excel. Um, I, I, mate, him, I, I think but... that's it. I, I think it's I think it's got to be Juju. I, I think he really needs to have a big year. Otherwise, you know, yeah, potentially it's going to fall back to young Sky Moore to, you know, really step up there. And, you know, one of the things we haven't really touched on is the lack of running game for the Chiefs. Um, even when they were absolutely at their best, that really bites them in the ass on occasion. So Clyde Edwards-Alaire been a little bit disappointing quite Disappointing, to be honest, especially with with some fumbles at the wrong time. You know, he really needs to have a big campaign. You know, the, the, the Chiefs need to run the ball to take even more pressure off the receiving core now. Now, the sob stories, the sympathy, the, the woe is the Chiefs. Um, Riley, you slipped it in there. They have a guy called Travis Kelsey. <laughs> um, pretty handy. What, what What's your thoughts on Kelsey? I mean, this has got to be, you know, this is priming to be an all-time season for him. Yeah, look, I think I don't think his production will will dip at all. Um, you know, he is just that kind of player that he he should always have the the highest ceiling. Like he'll have the most receiving yards, he'll have the most receiving touchdowns, he'll probably throw a few. Um, you know, he he and and just his football knowledge, his IQ as well. That's something that is. You know, so it's one of those traits that not everyone has. Um, knowing, I wonder whether it, it, it's going to sort of um, you know flow out into the receivers as well. I mean, surely when you're seeing a guy like Travis Kelsey who has the silky hands and skills of the best receivers in the game, but physically he's this unbelievable. I mean, uh, anyway, I, I, I you know may, maybe maybe Juju and a few others can sit there with their notepad and pen and try and take a few pointers off Kelsey. But the Mahomes Kelsey, I mean, gamble responsibly, but that is going to be an unbelievable combination this season because if things go sideways at any moment with these new receivers, bang, the ball's going to Kelsey whether he's uh, double-covered, triple-covered, whatever the case may be. All right, my friend. Well, look, that's um, you know, Kansas City. Obviously, we know they went um, you know, a year or so ago and completely rebuilt the offensive line. It's much better than what it was. You know, Historically, it, it's been pretty bad. I, th- I thought they held up pretty well with a few toilers there um, on, on the O-line. But um, talk to me a little bit about the defense. We know, obviously, any time we talk about the Chiefs, we, we you know, always talk Mahomes, we talk the offense. Um, what, what, do you, what do you think we can expect from the Kansas City defense because in this division, mate, they, they, they're going to they're gonna need some people to get to the quarterback. Yeah, look, I think they're going to struggle. Um, they've lost a few key players over the last few years, especially in the secondary. Um, you know, they still have Frank Clark. You know, they've got Carlos Dunlop now who, you know, he's hit and miss, um, you know, depending on what day of the week it is. But... Yeah, I think they're. I, I don't. I don't know how the defense is going to go this year. Like it's. it's I mean, they, they, they just. What we do know is there will be a moment in the season where they are historically the worst defense in the league. Now, there were periods of time where they were that the entire season. There were periods where they would do it for half a season and recover. There'd be periods where they would do it for a month of football. Traditionally, Kansas City, 
They just have their, – their floor is just unbelievable. But, you know, with a bit of coaching, they seem to be able to patch things up and get it together. You know, you just love to see – um, some of these younger players really step up and just give Mahomes a little bit of a little bit of extra time on on the sidelines and you know, you know just just put a little bit of pressure on the opposition as well. But you're right, and, and you know, looking at some of these young play, you know, young players, um, you know, George Karloftis and a few of the other players that have come through in the draft. Um, you know, di- diving into the draft class, obviously Sky Moore. We spoke about wide receiver Byron Cook. Um, he was in the second round, pick 62 in that safety position. Um, they picked up a linebacker, a cornerback in rounds um, three and four. Riley, that's basically it, isn't it? We're really going to have to see some young players really step up if the Chiefs are going to be able to hold their own in this division. Otherwise, you're just going to be in shootouts each and every week against you know some of these unbelievable teams. Yeah, well, when you pick four DBs in the one, like, draft you kind of you you kind of know you have a problem you show your cards don't um, you? <laughs> yeah <laughs> especially when all oh, five you've got five defensive backs with a safety in there as well so you know it kind of yeah you kind of you kind of shoot yourself in the foot exactly like you know you've got a problem you didn't do anything in the off season to fix it and now you're relying on these young kids who have no experience in the big time to now go up against like you imagine being like a hundred and four a two hundred pound cornerback who's who's gone against two hundred pound receivers and you've got to line up against DK Metcalf next week who literally like flick you and you fall over kind of thing. It's, like this is this is yeah it's it's gonna be something well let's dive into it. Let's um no sitting on the fence. We'll offer up our record you know, mate, I mean, this is what everyone in the world is trying to figure out at the moment. That's the AFC West. I mean, if you can predict the records of the AFC West teams, you are going to make a lot, a lot of money, gamble responsibly. But, you know, this is going to be a bloodbath. Denver Broncos, Russell Wilson, Kansas City Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, Las Vegas Raiders, you've got Derek Carr and Devontae Adams, and the Chargers, you've got um, Justin Herbert. Um, yeah, it's, it's the division of death. I, I've never seen a group like this. Um, ever since I've been following the game. What, what's, your, what's your thoughts? How is that going to affect their record? I, I, think, it's going to, I think it's going to get them. Um, I have them at nine and eight. Oh, um, okay. Wow. Yeah. I reckon, I just think LA is like the Chargers, they're, they're coming up. Um, Las Vegas, I'm expecting Las Vegas to come out and absolutely kick ass. Um, just with Carr and Adams and Jacobs, like I'm expecting them to fire out. Obviously, you've got um, they've got Los Angeles Rams as well during the season. They lucked out by getting the NFC West, so they have to go up against San Fran, um, the Rams, Seattle, and the Cards. So you know, they're going to be four hard games regardless of whatever happens with Seattle. I think they only maybe win one of those games, if not none. Um, so, yeah, I'm not – I think that the other three have kind of caught up Ugh. and then it's just going to be who, who turns up on the day. It's crazy to think this is where we are, you know. This is the – this is Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, we're talking about. Crazy to think. Yeah, look, look my record, uh, 11 wins. Uh, this 11-win football <laughs> team, in my opinion, with the Kansas City Chiefs. They could win 12, possibly 13. I think that's a little bit of a stretch. But I think the only way they're going to be able to do achieve 
that record and sneak a couple more wins is Mahomes is going to have to run. Mahomes is going to have to use his feet. That's not sustainable. That is full of risk. I have absolutely no faith in the Chiefs' ability to run the football. Once I start to see that, that, that's a whole different game. So for me, look, if Mahomes is absolutely desperate and wants to use his feed, I think that's an underrated part of his game. I think they could sneak a few more wins. But, you know, he's the billion-dollar kid. I, I don't know whether you want to be taking too many risks with Mahomes. But, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see how desperate they get. I'm with you, Riley. I think this is going to be a very, very different season for the Kansas City Chiefs. All right, my friend, let's dive into our final segment for tonight, Rapid Fire. And we're going to talk all about that and a whole bunch of other things. What you need to know tonight. Sincere apologies to Matt Damon. We ran out of time for him tonight. We'll get him on the air again soon. Oh, my boss is saying closing time. Maybe that's what you're doing. All right, Riley, it's time to overreact. Uh, We had week one of the preseason. you know that you know we're all looking out for those uh, seventh round draft picks that may or may not make the uh, roster. Some of the kids that have flashed, but you know I, I think we were talking about this off air. Like it's just it, it, it's hard to get not excited, but you know you, you're trying to sort of not read into things too much because obviously um, there's a lot of experimentation out there. Uh, you know when it comes to um, you know the teams and, and and what they're producing out there. But you know was there a was there a rookie that sort of caught your eye from the first week? Look, there wasn't many standouts for me. Um, like you said, it's preseason is is preseason for a reason. Um, you know, you don't play your strongest team. You you play schemes or plays that might have worked, you know, in training or in theory, and now you finally get to put them into practice, and they can blow up in your face, like it work out really well. Like it's so hit and miss. Um, but I'll go with George Pickens, um, wide receiver for uh, Steelers. Um, he was a beast. It's, it's it, I think for preseason, it's it's much more individualized. It's all about rookies getting their chance to um, you know perfect their skills before they go into the like regular season. Um, so you know, and and to get that connection, so him and Pickett. You know, that touchdown that he threw him right in, the, right in the corner of the end zone, the toe tap, you know, that's, you know, some high-level thinking for him, you know, and it's very hard. Like, I don't, like, it looks like it's hard, but, like, you know, like, oh, I could do that. No, it's when you're running at a pace and you've got to catch a ball, put a foot down, make sure the other foot gets down before you go outside. Like, it's very hard to right, process that all at the same time. And the contact on the ground, I wouldn't physically, emotionally recover from it. I mean, I you know, they just they just get thrown up in the air. They absolutely come down like a bag of shit, you know, legs going everywhere, and they just pop up like nothing happened. I mean, I, it would be the end of me, uh, you know, so you, you're right. Like, the, it's it's pretty special. Pickett to Pickens uh, is the future there uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, yeah, look, I, I love your analysis on the preseason. Hopefully that was the Patriots strategy as well. Let's just throw everyone <laughs> off a little bit. Let's play really shitty, you know, lose the game against the Giants, make everyone think we're going to have a bad season. Anyway, let's uh, let's hope that's the case. What what are we doing in New England? Seriously. Anyway, uh, most impressive rookies from uh, the first week. Look, Malik Willis. Whoa. You know, he wouldn't like to be Tannehill right now. I mean, there's nothing worse than being a guy who, you know, a bit of an average guy, you know, average quarterback. But, you know, it's um, it's difficult when you've got a young um, throbber, you know, who's sitting in there in that in that QB2 position. And Malik Willis, um, yeah, a lot of raw talent, you know, can use his legs, uh, plenty of flash. But, 
you know, gone are the days of Aaron Rodgers sitting for four years, you know, and I just feel like some of these kids would really benefit from that. I know it's great to see them get snaps. It's great for them to learn while playing. But, you know, I think Malik, uh, this is a really good position for him to be in, to kind of sit, be patient. Um, yes, he flashed in the preseason. He was one of the standouts, but I think there's a lot more improvement in his game, obviously. And as much as Tannehill probably doesn't want to mentor his replacement, um, yeah, I think that's going to work out pretty well. And look, this is a brutal brutal sport you know 17 weeks of football now uh for a quarterback to get through the entire season it's it, it's very much touch and go so if Malik- be, um you know yeah like you said like it's sitting out you know is so beneficial or can be so beneficial like Trey Lance look what he's just done you've got love in Green Bay you know doing the same thing but then you get situations like Romo and Prescott you know Dak wasn't supposed to be the starter and then you know he he gets thrust in to to basically, you know, you've got to go for it now and, you know, he's their franchise takes now. His, so Takes his chance, yeah. And yeah, I, and I, and so... I, I think the other part of it, Riley, is the salary cap, you know. This whole rookie quarterback, get them in, pay them nothing and then just spend, 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 spend and try and snag a Super Bowl before you have to go out and pay them their ridiculous amounts of money. Shout out to Lamar Jackson, who I think is about to get very, very much paid. But uh, but there we go. Look, we hope you guys are all as excited um, as us, you know, when it comes to the preseason. More games ahead uh, and the season's getting very, very close. All right, team, that's all the time we have tonight. Thank you, Riley, jumping on the podcast. It's great to have you back from overseas on your adventures. Again, so incredibly proud of everything you achieved. Um, yeah, it, it's a, it's just very, very special, and I'm sure memories you're going to have for the rest of your life. Um, so, yeah, great to have you back on the podcast. The full crew will be back next week, uh, which will be exciting. Uh, thanks for sticking uh, with me and Riley. We, we love this stuff. And to our listeners, we really do appreciate your support. How can you continue to support us? It's simple. Download the podcast, share with family and friends. Thank you for choosing Mojo Sports, and until next week, we'll catch you then. You have been listening to Mojo Sports. Thank you for your support. It is very much appreciated. The team and I are trying to build something a little different here, so everyone's support is very much appreciated. Continue to support the podcast, download, subscribe, check out our social media channels, give us a follow, and be sure to tell your friends about Australia's best-kept secret. This is Mojo Sports.